Hey friend, my name is Pastor Alberto and I serve here as the lead pastor of the Springs Church. I want to thank you for carving time out of your schedule uh, to listen to this sermon recap and and for carving time to, out of your schedule to attend a growth group. Um, if you're wondering what a growth group is, uh, maybe you've attended one for, for hundreds of times or maybe this is your first time. Um, a growth group is, is, is a time uh, where we gather as, as a community uh, to grow. Uh, to grow in our relationship with God and in our discipleship to Jesus. And we do this uh, by growing in the Word of God and growing with one another. We, we want to carve out time to, to look into the Word um, and, and to reflect on what was preached on Sunday so that we can put it into practice in our day-to-day lives, but also take time to grow in relationship and in community. Uh, because Jesus has called us to family and called us to be in community and growth groups are a great way where we live that out. Uh, so this Sunday, we looked at Genesis chapter 22, uh, verses 1 through 14. Uh, if you have time, I, I encourage you uh, to read that portion of scripture. And if you have a, a, a little bit more time, I encourage you to listen to the entire sermon. Uh, the reason why is because this text uh, is considered one of the highest pieces in literature, in ancient literature. Uh, this text appears in the Quran, it appears in the Hebrew Bible, and, and we see it in the Old Testament. Um, and it's a beautiful story where God calls Abraham uh, to offer up his son as a burnt sacrifice, as a burnt offering, um, as a sacrifice for sin. Um, it's an incredible story and it raises a lot of questions. Uh, there's a lot of details uh, that need to be unpacked and, and touched on to have a, a, at least a, a minimal understanding of the passage. So if you have time, I encourage you uh, to check out uh, the sermon because I'm not going to be able to do it uh, in less than 10 minutes, although I really want to. And I'm, and I'm fighting the temptation to go through every single detail because it's an incredible passage. Uh, but what we see happening in the story, if we could break it down into three parts, uh, the first one is the climb. The second one is the binding, and third is the provision. Uh, in this story, God calls Abraham uh, to go uh, up this specific mountain where he's called him to um, uh, lay down his son's life as a burnt offering. And as we read this story, we all sorts of questions come to mind, like, why would God uh, command such a thing? What is he doing? What is happening? And really the best way to understand this scripture and I would argue the only way to understand this passage is in light of the life and ministry of Jesus. You see, all of the, the whole story of the Bible is this one thread, this one narrative that points and culminates to the person of Christ and in his ministry, in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And so all of it is about Jesus. All of it points to Jesus. All of it comes back to Jesus. And, and all of it is centered around the gospel. And so we don't interpret this story as a standalone story in the Bible. Rather, we interpret it through the life and ministry of Jesus. Now, the reason why is because when we look at this story, sometimes we think about this as um, Abraham's faith and Abraham's obedience and Abraham's commitment to trust God through circumstances that don't make sense. And although that should not be overlooked, that is not what this passage is about. Rather, I would argue to say that this passage is about the son. This passage is about Isaac and his willingness and his commitment to surrender himself to the will of his father and lay down his life for the good of his family. 
You see, when we look at a story like this, we like to assume that we're dealing with children, that Isaac was a baby and that he was a young lad. Uh, we have this image maybe of kids' church or a storybook Bible that portrays Isaac as a youthful guy, but nothing could be further from the truth. Historians and scholars uh, have estimated that Abraham was probably around 130 years of age at this point in the story. And that puts Isaac at anywhere between 25 and 37. Uh, some have said that he's exactly 37. Others have said he's exactly 33. Uh, and yet the, the common, uh, consent, uh, the common um, agreement is, is that he's no younger than 25. Uh, that we're not dealing with a, a young boy or a child. Rather, we're dealing with a grown man. And there's some clues in the passage that sort of help us assume that, 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 that he is much older in age. For example, when they're climbing up this mountain, uh, Isaac is carrying the wood for the burnt offering. Uh, we know that, that from the scriptures that the amount of wood to carry on this burnt offering was a heavy load. A load way too heavy and way too big for a child to carry. And the image that we're given is, is sort of like the image of a person carrying a cross up a mountain. That sort of burden, that sort of weight. And so what's interesting about this story is that um, Abraham binds his son Isaac. In the Jewish tradition, this, is, this, this passage, this story is called the Akita. And the reason why it's called the Akita is because that is a Hebrew word for binding. And what is happening is that it's making you place your attention on Isaac being bound. And you would ask yourself, why? Well, when you consider Isaac's age, when you consider the circumstance, Isaac could have easily overpowered his father. Isaac could have easily pushed his old father out of the way. He could have easily fled and ran away and saved his own life. Yet we don't see that happen. What we see happen in the scripture is that Abraham informs Isaac about what's uh, about what is about to happen. And Isaac lets himself be bound by his father. Isaac lets himself be bound and laid on top of the wood to be offered up as a burnt offering to God. Now, this is incredible because this speaks volumes of Isaac's willingness to be surrendered for the good of his family and to surrender his will to the will of his father. And you see, uh, as crazy as Abraham's faith and obedience is, imagine how thought-provoking and incredible Isaac's faith is and his faith and his commitment to lay his life down for the good of his father, for the good of his family, I mean, and to surrender his will to the will of his father. You see, this is an incredible story that points to another story, and that is the story of Jesus. You see, as we continue to read in Genesis 22, we find out that, that Isaac's life is spared, that God shows up, intervenes, and provides a substitute, a ram to be sacrificed. But the story begins by Isaac asking the question, where is the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham says, God will provide himself a lamb. In the story, we don't get a ram, we get a lamb. We don't get a lamb, we, we get a ram. Why? Because thousands of years later, the lamb of God, God's only begotten son, would be sacrificed for our sins. You see, in the life of Jesus, like Isaac, we see the son's willingness to submit his life to the father's will and to lay down his life for the good of humanity. 
to lay down his life on the cross to the point of death so that his blood could cover our sins so that our relationship and our union with God can be restored. And instead of experience death, we can experience new life in Christ. You see, this is what Genesis 22 is about. It's about pointing to the greater Isaac, the true Isaac, the person of Christ and the lamb that would be slain for our sins so that we can have life and relationship with God. So what we can learn about this passage, and and, and many things can be learned, but one of our takeaways was this. We can trust God with our surrendered life, and He is worthy of our trust. The same way that Jesus surrendered His life to the will of the Father, the same way that that Jesus lived an ordinary life uh, in in submission to the Father and in union with the Godhead, we see God's provision on display in every part of Jesus's life and God providing uh, uh, hope and mercy and strength and life and joy for Christ. And that is the same provision that we receive and that we have access to. And so when we surrender our life to God, when we surrender our heart to him, we can trust him because he is worthy of our trust and because he will provide And he will meet all of our needs. He may not do it in our timing or the way we expect him to do it, but he will provide. And the most important, most importantly, he has provided himself, his presence. Well, thank you so much for checking out this sermon recap. I encourage you, if you have time, go check out the full sermon. Uh, And I pray that you have a wonderful time in growth group and that the Lord would encourage you and deepen your relationship with him. Love you. God bless.